Awesome. Hello and welcome to the Fireside Freedom Podcast tonight. I uh, have an interesting selection of topics, uh, particularly around DIY projects and getting stuff done because that's why we're all here. And uh, tonight we're joined with uh, Tim, Brian, and Hawkins. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a fun conversation. But let's start out by asking a simple question of what have you done in this last week to move the ball forward in your life? And uh, let's start with Tim. Well, as we were talking in the pre-show, I've worked through about 12 different blends of coffee this week, tasting a bunch of different ones to see which ones I like. And we're that much closer to uh, launching our uh, dropship coffee business. So for us, that's the big one right now. A bunch of other things on the go, but that's the thing I'm centered in on. Brian, you want to go? Yeah, um, I also got some coffee uh, listed up on my uh, my website. and uh, But uh, other than that, I got my page up for my consulting and management service services uh business i'm i'm kind of starting up when we hit the road and uh yeah looking for landowners to jump on board to to do some hip camp consulting and uh, and possibly management property and and stuff like that so that web page is up on my website and uh yeah that's that's about what i got rolling this week nice hawkins uh Mine, I got a raised garden bed put in, and so I was pretty excited about that. Uh, concrete, dick, or cinder blocks. We did cinder blocks because, you know, I want to get it done now while I'm still young, and hopefully that thing will be there in 50 years. I don't want to be building another one in 10, 10 years. So, excited. Nice. nice. Yeah, so I'll round this one out. Uh, I'm a little busy. Uh, got uh, We extended our raised garden beds a little higher, so that's awesome. And then I finished up a book, uh, read a 350 page technical book over the last two weeks, trying to get ready for the new job. Uh, I was trying to make sure I walk into it ready to go and chose my next one, which is over 600 pages. And uh, I'm going to see if I can't cram that in the next two weeks. So I'm just trying to trying to make sure I walk in my first day and I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, other than that, I've uh, just been executing on whatever I can and spending family time while I have the time off. So, uh, that's, that's, that's me. Yeah. So from there, uh, we, let's talk about projects. Um, so I, just a little background, I see there's two types of key projects that people do, uh, in life around the homestead or around businesses that are, they're the, um, the new projects, the fun stuff that you enjoy doing because you get to think outside the box, you get to try to solve problems, you know, and you can really, you know, show off what you're doing. Uh, then there's the other side, which is uh, all the chores and maintenance that you hate doing because you have to keep fixing everything you just broke. And so there's kind of a mix between that. And uh, sometimes the quality of work um, dictates which one you do more. Uh, and so my first question is uh, for around your around your properties or around whatever it is that you're doing, uh, and probably doesn't apply as much to Brian anymore since he's taken off. Uh, how much of your uh, your project list is is maintenance versus new projects? And just do do a quick little round robin. Start with Brian. Uh, 
Well, I mean, I can speak to, I mean, the last seven years and then the transition to now. Um, <clears throat> I was probably, I was always starting and stopping and reevaluating uh, all the different enterprises and stuff I had going on. So it was kind of an ongoing maintenance and adjustment. And I was always doing evaluations on how I could do stuff better, quicker, more efficient. So then I could add on more projects, stack more stuff in, um, designing maintenance into things um, just in general. So it's kind of as a service technician and, and uh, building maintenance and machine operator for the last you know decade, I have all that kind of mentality going into everything I built on the farm, um, make it fixable, make it fixable easy. Um, so it was kind of all interwoven for me. And then with the trailer, I've just, you know, we, we kind of stripped it down and installed everything. So I kind of know exactly like I designed everything. So maintenance is built in mind and accessibility and all that. So it's kind of a, once we're finished, I don't think we'll be doing much more new stuff on the trailer, but it's all designed for maintenance accessibility. So. Someone want to volunteer? Yeah, I'll go ahead. Um, so I'm a little different. <laughs> We're uh, we live in a town, right? So we don't we've homesteaded a lot in the past, and we kind of decided to move more into a suburban area. So, I mean, my big thing, I hate organizational projects. So, like for instance, the storage area behind me in the basement. It, it is to the point where it needs to be organized and gone through. Same with a couple of deep freezes are due to be organized and gone through. And my wife and I both kind of uh, ignore them to our own detriment. We don't particularly care for them. I, I prefer to do the new things, you know, the changing things. But um, And the other thing is whenever I do a new project, everything in my property at this point is designed to, or every, every upgrade is designed to be maintenance-free. So, you know, vinyl siding went on. The next thing's going to be metal roofing. I'm trying to talk her into getting rid of all the grass in the backyard. We'll see how that goes. I, I, you know, a little bit at a time. First, it was a 16 by 24 deck. Now it's a gravel pad, but I think I've lost the fight. I think we're going to need a little grass there somewhere. You got those little dogs, don't you, that you got to take out? I do. I have four little chihuahuas that it, it really doesn't matter. They're going to do what chihuahuas are going to do. They, <laughs> And to be absolutely fair, six months of the year, the temperature is too cold for them to go outside because, you know, anything below, say, 80 degrees Fahrenheit, they just sit on the deck and shake like little idiots. So they, yeah, they, they'll go on the deck or, you know, so we've got them pad trained for the most part at this point because... You know, I could probably put a, you know, even if the entire backyard was grass, they would still find the area on the deck where they decide they need to go. So, yeah. Dogs, right? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, with mine, uh, I guess everybody, like you said, loves the new project. Uh, I'm kind of like what Tim was saying there is uh, I'm, I got a new house. You know, we've just been here not even a year yet, so. Every project I do, I look at longevity on. It's kind of like with the, you know, raised bed. I wanted to go with center blocks and it's going to last. Built my porch. I put a ramp in, you know, so that way when I get old, if I'm in a wheelchair or whatever, you can go up and down the ramp. Things like that I've been trying to integrate in. <laughs> I, you never know what's going to happen. 
and uh you know i got carts for moving the groceries from the garage and stuff from the garage to the house and you know trying to make it easy now while i got the ability to kind of do those things uh i've learned i guess over the last eight years too that uh just not keep doing new projects when you still got other projects that aren't completely finished or broken projects sometimes you know you gotta slow down and prioritize like hey i need to get this done or like do the inside stuff when it's raining because you know when it's nice weather you can go out there and do the other stuff you know trying to prioritize that stuff because yeah like i said i've been doing about eight years and at the old place i probably had 15 half done projects or where they were at 90 percent, and i'm like it's good enough and then once it's good enough you never come back to do the other 10 percent because it's good and it's working it's good enough so yeah it's, it's a training on myself I'm just going to jump in there right quick just to, because the last house that, well, you know, years ago when we lived out East, that was my big problem too, is that I would start all of the free projects. So I would start the demolition because demolition is cheap or free, you know, and then I'd be like, okay, in a little while I'll have the money to start this. But the problem was, is I would start five or six free projects and <laughs> neglect picking up any of the materials so i've changed my outlook on that but it, it it is definitely an issue you can get into too hawkins i, I feel you yeah now on that i've actually I, I find bags of stuff from lowe's where i had a project i was gonna do i went to lowe's i bought all the stuff for it and then you know six months later i find a bag and i'm like oh yeah i got that project i was gonna do and then i found this and then like five or ten boards of lumber and yeah so i've been trying to focus do it, get it done, then move to the next step. Yeah. Hey, 90% is the new 100%, right? Is that how that goes? I, I, I love it. Yeah. It, it, part of my job, you know, I guess going to what Brian says is, is uh, uh, you know, we, we project plan all the time and we get, you know, everything takes longer than you expect. So we always get down to close to the end and be like, what do we actually not need in here? What would be nice? And so we'll, we'll cut stuff out, put that on in, in, in our backlog and basically be like, if we ever get to it, that's cool, but we'll probably never actually get to that feature uh, until someone requests it. And so, uh, yeah, so I, then that's kind of how I live my life. Like once I get to 90%, it's like, do I really need to finish it? I mean, do I, do I really need trim boards on my, sh on my office here? <laughs> So, uh, now, do you really need drywall on your walls? I mean, I don't have any. Well, it's that 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 has been a little bit of a, a contention in our house where uh, I built a dresser for my kids, but it doesn't have any drawer faces on it, uh, and so drawers work. I mean, they just doesn't have any faces in, on it. So I'm like, yeah, I should probably finish that. It's been a year and a half. I mean, <laughs> So, uh, anyway, so yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I like all the new projects. Um, I kind of got that question, uh, from reading a book by Joel Salatin where he, you know, his dad was kind of the, the new person. He loved all the new projects and couldn't stand maintenance and long-term, uh, just kind of re-going through stuff. And, and, uh, Joel was kind of the opposite. He's like, he'll do the new projects, but he likes that recurring job and, and seeing the benefits of it, you know, like like spreading the compost and the mulch out on the field every year at the exact same time so that he can watch the result. And I'm just like, just shoot me, please. <laughs> like, I mean, it's something that I would do, but it's like, 
that being the interest in like, no, I'm, I like to do stuff. Uh, and so anyway, so that's kind of where I got that question. I'm like, I, I've never met anyone that enjoys the maintenance work versus the, uh, uh, versus the new projects. Uh, but I also also mostly get around self-starters. So I think most self-starters are, uh, they like all the new stuff. So anyway, so yeah. Um, so that actually leads up to, uh, the, you know, there, there's new types of projects, uh, uh versus maintenance. Like what's, Excuse me. What types of projects uh, uh, do you enjoy? Um, so I'll go, I'll go first to kind of give some context on that. Um, me, I prefer like building stuff. Like I, yeah, I prefer the actual physical assembly of stuff and designing those things. I hate finishing things. Like I hate doing finish. I hate <laughs> painting stuff. I hate you know putting putting a protective layer on it. Like like that's just not. My wife loves that stuff, and so we make a good team. Like she hates the building. And so, uh, you know, and so like if I can build something, but again, I don't like the maintenance. So I hate gardening. Like, I mean, I I'll build the garden, but leave my wife and kids to do the gardening. Um, and so I just, so like, so I, and I prefer to make stuff, you know, out of wood that is, uh, in a sense, another thing from Joel Salton that I've really picked up over the last year is I like, portable stuff, stuff that can be moved, stuff that's temporary and stuff that I can tear down if it turns out to be a bad plan uh, or doesn't work out. Like I have this um, chicken water shelter thing that I think was an amazing idea. It just didn't, it, I feel like if I had like a couple more iterations on it, it would be an amazing thing, but uh, I don't want to mess with it anymore because it didn't work the first time. Uh, so like, what are what are types of projects that you all you all like to do? So I'll go with Hawkins first. <clears throat> it, I, I'm one of those I kind of like like all of it. I do like the hands-on stuff, um, like electrical work. I enjoy it because I'm usually putting in new outlets and new things like that. So I, things I'm going to use, you know, I'm like, hey, Bob, I extension cord and run it over here. I got the parts. I can run a new outlet. To me, you know, once I learned that skill also, that was amazing. I was like, this is cool. I can put out anywhere in the, anywhere I want to put one. And then uh, woodworking, uh, like I built my deck. You know, that was the first time I'd ever built a deck. It was a pretty much 70 foot long, 10 foot wide with a covered roof and everything. And that was like my crown jewel when I got that done because I could look at it every day and I used it every day. So I, th I think that's really enjoyable when I do a project and it's something I'm going to use and I can see every day because um, I get that satisfaction. Satis be satisfied satisfied by it i guess if that makes sense uh my worst thing though about it is uh there's two things i really hate i hate starting anything like starting the project actually getting everything together and get going but once i'm going i hate stopping i'm one of those once i start a project i i can work on it till four in the morning but it might take me all right i gotta get i gotta get this done you know and it get that motivation to actually get those tools in hand but once i start i don't want to stop if that makes sense. But uh, I say electrical, I, I find that kind of enjoyable just because it's not a lot of problem solving, but it's kind of thinking of how the outline is. And then uh, some of the woodworking stuff, not the detailed stuff, but like building a wall or like I said, a deck or like a loft, you know, things like that. I find that pretty cool. And then I, I, I say the, the worst, honestly, is uh, maintenance on uh, like mechanical stuff. 
because every time you touch one of those, you can break something else while you're fixing one thing, it seems like. So, yeah, those are those are definitely the worst. I go. Yep. Um, I'm a design junkie. Um, I constantly am designing things to make thing make life easier. Um, like you know, I with my chickens uh, as our flock grew and the watering, they were way down the hill. I didn't have a water hydrant down there, so we were constantly bringing buckets of water down or. Um, you know, whatever to get the water down there, uh, ended up designing a big, uh, self-feeding watering system. Um, it's the design of making it easier and then trying to figure out how to make it not freeze. That was another design and trial and error. Um, kind of R and D is my thing. I worked for a startup that, uh, you know, they, they were doing leading, uh, leading edge recycling technology and, um, so there was no instruction manual for it. It was new. We were changing it. We were changing it on the fly. So that designing project is my my deal. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, the finishing things is is tough for me because I get it to work. I prove proof of concept, and then it's moving on to something else to design something else. Cause I don't know if I want to change what I just did. So it's the finishing things. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't really mind paint and, and finishing off stuff. I don't need it visually to be satisfied with it. So it doesn't really concern me. So I, I don't really get into doing that stuff. So everything looks half finished, but in my mind it is finished because it's doing its purpose. Yeah, for, for me, boy, it's all over the place. Like, I don't like to start. Uh, I think, like Hawkins said, uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, I've got a one. My, I did one of my girls' bedrooms for new flooring upstairs, but I have one bedroom and one hallway to do. And as soon as I start, I will finish because that's just kind of what I do. Once I get going, I go balls to the wall and I'm happy, you know. But I got to, like, but I was also, for a lot of years, not a finisher. Like you said, Brian. That is something I have to be very, very, very intentional about because I will, like you said, I will get the project to good enough and I'll leave it there. But I, I would say the last three-ish years, I've really kind of hit myself over the head and I'm like, you know what? I have to be a finisher. I just have to be. I guess when uh, being a handyman, you kind of have to be a finisher because if you leave things 90%, you're never going to get paid and you're going to get a bad rep. So that was kind of it. Um, as far as maintenance, you know, I know I have a podcast called Repairedness, but I really struggle with small engine maintenance, even though I can talk to you for four hours without taking a breath all about it. The problem is, is that I, you know, ride my gear hard and put it away wet, you know, go, 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 go. And then my brother-in-law who loves maintenance and is a mechanic, he's like, when's the last time you changed the oil on that snowblower, Tim? And I'll just like, can you just shut the hell up, please? You know, and, uh. And it's the same with my uh, zero turn mower, you know, but I finally did. It was warm enough, nice enough the other day that I changed the auger belt, did an oil change, uh, flipped the skid shoes, you know, so that kind of stuff. I don't love doing it, but I will eventually find time to do it. So, yeah, and we got some new projects coming this this summer. We're, you know, sometimes we garden a bit, but you know how everybody gets so excited about what you're going to plant this year? Well, for Becky and I, every year, 
we get excited about what's the big home project that we're going to do, you know? And uh, so we've got, um, we're going to build uh, basically a covering for the deck and all new landscaping in the backyard. And we're going to change the driveway. So if we can get those three big projects done, I will be happy. So yeah, that's where we're at for right now. And I can tell you some fails later. Cool. So, so we kind of got some of the newer stuff out of the way. Kind of get our get our brain thinking. So let's jump over to our chores and our maintenance tasks and all the stuff that we've all decided that we hate doing. I uh, wanted to, to kind of draw that out because um, at the end of the day, crap's got to get done. Stuff's got to get fixed, and uh, you know, because if you have animals, they're going to die if you don't. Like so. How do you find time to do those those maintenance projects or those those new projects or uh, to to fix things you know or replace things or uh, just <clears throat> what do you do to make sure that you have the time to do it? And I'll jump first in on this one. I um, I schedule everything in my life. Uh, I'm going to visit my parents in three weeks. It's on a calendar. Everything's on a calendar. I. I I mean, I have my days broken out from I'm working from this time to this time of dinner from this time to this time, uh, times with the kids until they go to bed from this time to this time. And then after that, I am working on side projects and I'll even have that broken down, you know, and I have family visits scheduled just, you know, even if they're just BS sessions, like it's it's on a calendar somewhere to make sure that I have time to do it. So that way. I always know when something's going on and I can always plan around, Hey, this is what's going to be there. And then that way I can shift priorities, um, as, as things change. Now those, all that obviously gets blown out of the water when the wife wants something. Uh, but that's at least, you know, my, that's my intention. And I would say it works 80 to 85% of the time. It's just super high amounts of scheduling on my calendar. Uh, so like, so that's how I accomplish it. How to, what are some of the ways that you all do it? Start with Tim. Yeah, I, um, so that was something for a long, for a long time. If I didn't write something down, it didn't get done. So for both the last two years I've been using, I would say with 80% success, I have a, like a yearly ledger or I don't know if it's called ledger, whatever it is, you know, like a daily planner and, I found this, I don't know, it was maybe a New York Times article or something. It's the one, three, five method where you can get like one big thing, three medium things and five little things. And I don't do really good in my, in my business and entrepreneurial lifestyle. I don't do really good with every minute uh, booked up because, you know, a tenant's going to call me and be like, Hey Tim, I've got a toilet that's flooding or a furnace that's broken. Or, you know, I, I just, I kind of have to leave a fair bit of flexibility in there. So I find this works. So I, I front load my day, but I, you know, I get those, what, what would it be? Nine items on paper most days. And I try to get the big ones done. You know, I early, like six, you know, if, if it's content creation, I try to get the stuff done by say seven 30 in the morning before the kids are up and get the big ones done. And then, the rest of the day can kind of happen as it needs to. But yeah, I try to, I try to get the big ones done quick and then fit in the rest of them later. Cause I, I, I like to schedule, but I can't schedule every minute because like I said, I, my phone calls and I, my phone rings and I got to go do it. 
Who's next? Who went? There you go, Hawkins. I guess I'll go next. Uh, I have no clue how I've made it this far in life because I don't schedule anything. Uh, I don't make, I don't write the stuff down. I've been using my phone as much as I can to at least try to remember like doctor's appointments and things like that and throw them on the calendar on there. But yeah, as far as, you know, planning out, even with the military side, you know, they got, you know, we'd have it all planned out and I'd have the, I mean, it'd be scribbles in my paper and we, we'd get it done. Yeah. <laughs> and like I said, I don't know how I've got it done and I've done it that way for almost 40 years now, but it, it's worked. Uh, and I don't remember everything necessarily. Uh, part of it is, especially like on the military side, I kept people around me that were a little bit more organized. So having that, uh, you're talking about that day planner, Tim, my wife's huge on that, you know, so I'm constantly like, Hey, wasn't there something for something to do? And as far as uh, making time for, uh, the side projects and stuff like that. A lot of times I come out to the garage, you know, once the kids are asleep or something, and then I might, you know, and then I can get some stuff done or, you know, we got a 10 month old. So nap time, the other two, they take care of themselves pretty good and they do their, you know, their schoolwork and all that. So I can run out to the garage. Uh, that was one big thing too, is making sure those projects were close, if that makes sense. And I also, yeah, it can't always happen, but I try to make things that where if I have to just put it down and go, I can. If that makes sense. That way, you know, you know, there are certain projects like, hey, I have to get this done. I can't stop in the middle of it. But uh, I say that's one of the biggest ones is making it where you can put it down and go and kind of go when you need to, which I don't like doing, but it's a thing. And then uh, late nights or like I said, you know, when the kids are kind of in there, try to involve the family is another one. That way you're getting family time and getting a project done at the same time. It makes the project longer, but I'd rather take longer and get a project done with the kids and stuff as opposed to not doing it all. Like the raised garden bed, you know, me, the wife, and the kids were all outside working on that. You know, that's why I got done. If it was just me, it would have taken, you know, probably longer, honestly. So, but yeah, that'd be, that's my biggest thing with uh, getting it done. And I wish I was more organized and I got, I got years more. Uh, Maybe I'll get there eventually. You can go ahead and prime. Yeah. Um, whiteboards. I'm a whiteboard junkie. Um, I have them everywhere. Like I got one right here and up there and uh, on the dashboard of my truck and on the fridge and the camper and shit's written everywhere. Um, just kind of organized that way. I use calendars in my phone and reminders and alarms and every, anything I can to kind of remind myself of the stuff I have to do. Uh, post-it notes on my phone and on my computer, just everywhere. Um, and uh, so organizing that time, just making sure I'm always doing something on my list, um, even if it's a little bit at a time. Um, fitting it in, just making it all work. Late nights, not a lot of sleep, um, streamlining things and uh, and asking for help. Like if I need help, uh, asking Corey for help is uh, is great. So that uh, that helps get things done. Um, yeah, uh, organizing just and being productive all the time and wanting to make things smoother kind of is how I guess fit it all in. Um, and trying to work less, trying to make money so I can buy back my time so I can have more time to do the things that I need to do here, um, is, uh, really key for me. 
Nice. Yeah, buying back time. That's that's a tough one. I mean, uh, it's like the never ending, never ending uh, uh, journey. <laughs> so, uh, so all right. I want to Hawkins kind of keyed in on something, and I want to I want to ask for more uh, insight on that because it's something that I struggle with very hard, and that's including family and projects. And I think I think because everything is so highly scheduled and I'm very highly organized in, in how I get stuff done. Uh, I struggle including family and projects because I just want to get stuff done as fast as possible. So I can get to the family time, you know, and it, it's the irony is if you could do it with the family, it's family time. Plus you teach stuff, but it's also like, I want to get it done so I can get to the family time. So, so what are some key ways that you, you know, yeah, it takes longer, but you incorporate the family to do some of the projects. Now, granted, I have a one, three and five year old. So that looks a little different for me than you. But uh, what, are, what are some ways for you all that you include family and in, in stuff? Start with Hawkins since he brought it up. I was, I was going to say, I'll go with that. And uh, we're not that far apart. I got a 10 month old, a four year old and a six year old. Uh now, one of the big things is with uh, including them, like uh, the four-year-old, I got her some play tools. So the other day I was out there taking uh, some stuff apart or whatever. She wasn't really helping that much, but she was out there with me, watching me, and like you said, learning. And, you know, she's using her play hammer. She's like, I'm going to build some stuff. And I'm like, yes, you are. Let's do it. You know, and uh, like you said, it, it takes a lot longer, but either A, having them kind of almost have a separate project where, where you are. The other key element is has to be something safe. You know, I can't be out there driving the tractor around with them running around on the ground. You know, I can put them in the cab with me, but that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And then giving them some, a small part I've learned, you know, especially if you're going to, the smaller the kid, you got to give them something they can accomplish and see. And they seem to really enjoy that. So I think that that's a good one. Uh, me and the wife, you know, when we work on a project together, it's usually pretty uh, intense, we'll say. She's in the comments, too, so I got to be careful. Uh, but I will say we've, we've actually built some really nice things together. We, uh, we made a changing table before our first child was born together, and we still use it and have it to this day. And it's one of the best pieces of furniture in our house, not only because it's a good quality piece we built, but, you know, every time I look at it, I'm like, we built that for our children. So, you know even if it takes extra time or a little discussing during, you know, that that's something you're never going to lose, I guess, if that makes sense. So I would, you know, I definitely encourage it. And uh, for the, the kids, keep the pieces small and easy for them, you know, kind of plan out something for them to do apart, like painting, you know, <laughs> you don't like the painting so you can give them the paint and say, here you go. Especially if it's one color, doesn't even matter, if, you know, For us, uh, we're kind of in a different position at this point because my youngest are going to be 12 in a couple of months. So the twins are 12 and the other three have moved out. So um, it's actually easier when they're younger. When they get older, they really don't have nearly, it seems, as much interest in that kind of stuff. But you kind of have to do where you can, you know, like if Charlotte wants to, like one night she wanted to go and pick up some reeds for her um, clarinet. So I'm like, okay, we did that. And then we went and she helped me do a quick little snow removal job, you know, that kind of stuff. Or 
you know, she'll pop in when I'm doing a live stream and she's part of the, uh, the audience and we can chat that way, you know, and, uh, you kind of make it happen where it is. It's kind of hard. Like as they get older, they're just not involved as much. Like when they're little, it's all the time, you know, I'd want to, I mean, when they were really little, I would just, you know, I would put uh, one of them in I uh, I don't even remember what they call those things anymore, but where you carry them, you know, and I would just do all the chores while I'd carry them. And then eventually they get to the point where it's like, yeah, you know, we'll play Fortnite today, dad, and we'll talk later, you know, that kind of stuff. But just, yeah, there's no easy way. You know, Becky and I, we could work together all day long, every day. And we spend, you know, I'll go over and get, uh, do jobs at the daycare for her and we'll have some time where we can spend time together that way. And it's tough because when you're both entrepreneurs, you kind of have to find time where it is. And I think we fail as much as we succeed at it. But if you're trying, you're doing better than some, that's for sure. I'm a solo worker. <laughs> um, always have been. I'm pretty sure I always will be. When I need help, I ask for it and Corey helps me, but it gets tense when, when we do. Um, cause I have a really hard time explaining how I want things done, but I know how I want them done. So when she doesn't do them the way I want her to do it, I get pissed off and things get interesting. Um, so I'm working on that. I, I try, I know that I know how I am and she knows how I am. So we just kind of know it. And so I try to do a lot of the stuff myself, but like chores and stuff like that. Um, yeah, we're always doing, doing it together or one of us is doing it and, and Hey, you want me to come do it with you? And yeah, we just kind of do that stuff. But as far as projects and uh, that stuff, it's kind of a solo mission for me. And then she has her projects. She, she does too. And um, she wants them done a certain way. So I think it kind of goes both ways. I was going to jump in right quick, Brian. I, I absolutely 100% am a solo project guy too. Like I can literally work for days without talking to anyone because I'm the most productive when there's no one else around. And that can be tough because that makes it hard when you want to get family involved in projects because I, I don't even want to hire somebody in my business because I'd rather just do it all myself, even if it kills me. But yeah, I just I had to throw that in there, Brian, because I know what you mean. It's I, I'm 100% all projects by myself if I could help it. But yeah, when I need to, the family's there too. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. And so much so that like to me, I have a hard time even, you know, figuring out how to include the family. Uh, and so that's why I wanted to definitely dive in a little on that. I think there's some some great suggestions. I mean, at the end of the day, it sounds like I need to just suck it up and force it and, and see what we can do. Uh, and yeah, fine. second, but I was going to tell you on that, like when I was, I was dismantling a bunch of roof stuff. Like I said with the four-year-old and you know, the, her, her job was literally just, I was handing her the, the screws that I was taking out and she was putting them in a magnetic pan, you know, just something that simple, you know, mm -hmm. cause I know you do some, a bunch of woodworking stuff. So it could just be, you know, hand me this nail or, you know, the gopher, Yeah, you know, and especially the younger ones, they, they enjoy that. And then they get to learn at least maybe what the tools are called. It's more right. than I, had. I knew when I first started. So, yeah, I just want to throw that out there to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, yeah, I think I'm going to, that's, I think going to be, a, I think I'm going to change this year. And I think that's going to be a concentration on some of the projects I do over the summer is making sure the family gets involved. Fortunately, like after the first couple of years of marriage with my wife, we, 
we figured out how to work with each other on projects and I go a lot slower. And when I explain stuff, cause I'm like, just and my wife is just like, uh, okay. <laughs> when she gives me the blank stare, I've word vomited all over about what we need to get done. So, uh, yeah. So it's that. I could actually, I could actually watch my wife stop listening. Like, <laughs> I'll be explaining something and I'll be talking, talking, talking. And she gets this face where she just goes, and I just keep talking and she just stares at me and then I get done and she's like, yeah, I stopped. I just, I was done. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah. When I, when I talk about work stuff to her and I start going into explanations, she'll, she'll just kind of stare at me and, 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 and I could see it on her face, like trying not to look at her phone. Like she's actively trying to not look at her phone while I'm talking and just so hard. And yeah. So I get it. Okay, cool. So let's uh, kind of move on to the next thing. So kind of in the realm of time management and the realm of getting stuff done, um, do you, so one thing I have around my property is, uh, and it's because I hate doing chores is uh, standard operating procedures. And I like, I, one thing I do like to do, so that's how I do my chores more is how can I optimize this thing? to uh, make sure I do it less. <laughs> and so I've gotten my chicken stuff down to about three minutes in the morning and two minutes at night. Uh, and then a couple times a week, it's like five minutes. And so uh, what do you, do you all have standard operating procedures that you all fo follow? Do you do like any, uh, uh, do you time what you do? Like I, I do that because I'm nerdy. Uh, do you time what you do so that you can optimize it uh, or put stuff in different locations? You know, do you do any of that stuff on your on your things? And how do you go about uh, uh, figuring those things out? So start with uh, Brian. Uh, I've been through a bunch of like 5S training um, at jobs. Uh, it's just like uh, efficiency system that was developed in industry about you know like you were saying putting tools where they're going to be used and stuff like that um i mean i wasn't i'm not like certified in it or anything but i've had to go from a disaster of a maintenance shop to we went through and 5s the whole thing so i've been through the process and uh with a little refresher i could go back through it but um yeah, I'm always looking to optimize things. Um, I will time them every once in a while, but more on like the whole length, not individual things. And I always had so many different animals going on that it was, you get home from work and you'd go do the chores. It wasn't like we just did the chickens. You had to do the chickens, the rabbit, the quail, if we had meat birds in the field or turkeys or whatever going on. Um, so it was kind of like, I would take the whole length of it and know how long I had to do chores. And I was always trying to cut that out by, oh, can I take the four-wheeler path around the outside or instead of going through the two gates because I had paths down through the woods that came up in the backside of our field where we had our uh, meat birds, instead of opening and closing two separate gates twice, is it more efficient to go through there? And that's the kind of stuff I would look at. And then big picture, I was always thinking about, okay, well, I'm spending this much time on feed. So how can I feed them more 
all at once and do it once instead of every day and then break it up into like the weekend days were really important. They were for projects and bigger chores and stuff like that. Um, but standard operating procedures were always kind of changing, but we always did chores together enough here that we all knew the kind of the routine and we each had our own little way we did it, but we all did the same thing in the same order, usually um, just a little different, like changing the water bottles. I'd set all mine out and then take all of them away and then put all of them out. She would do them one at a time down through. And that, like, it was just how you did it personally. Um, we did start making a manual of our necessity chores um, in case something happened or we wanted to go on vacation or something like that. We, we had written procedures and a binder that someone could come here and figure out what we had to do on a daily basis to make sure nothing died or um, nothing blew up or went bad or some whatever we had going on. There was a sheet and a binder. So we get stuck somewhere. We get stuck out of time. We were in the hospital. We could make a phone call to whoever and say, on the counter, there's a manual. Can you just come over? You can stay. You can eat, drink, whatever you want. Just do the stuff in the book and everything will live. So that that was important to us to be able to have that. We don't have to explain it over the phone. We don't have to worry about shit dying as long as we can get somebody to that binder. I'll jump in. So, yeah, I I had I struggled with this one until you guys started talking and then I'm like, well, yeah, I do this kind of thing all the time, but I don't ever time myself but I'm constantly trying to make micro improvements to increase my efficiency, like to the point where I guess the best example for me is I, I have, I can't remember, it was 25 or 26 properties right now that I do snow removal for. And they're, you know, some have to be done first, like the schools and the businesses. Those are first. So that, you know, I really can't change the order I do those in. And then the rest are all residential and it's a path around the town. You know, you drive from this one to this one to this one. And any time that you can find, you know, I'll change things up just a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this works this way. And if I park on this side of the street, then I can go here, do this one. And it sounds foolish, but it's the type of thing that four years ago took me three to three and a half hours with two people. You know, I mean, it changes each year, but the amount of houses you do, whether it changes one or two, it's mainly how efficient you are. And I do it in about two hours all by myself now. And it's all from just making, you know, everything is just having a system. And, you know, as simple as knowing to look at the flags before I start blowing at the schools to know which side of the school I start on so that I'm not fighting against the snow. You know, just simple little things like that. Because, you know, most days the prevailing winds come from the west here. But half the, you know, quarter of the time, they decide they want to come from the east for whatever reason. And if I try to blow against the snow, it's like pissing in the wind, you know, you're going to end up with a mess, right? So, and as far as like uh, standard operating procedures, we don't, there's a couple things. Um, one that I'm going to work on is the generator. So I would like my wife to be able to do all of that without me being here. So first I got to show her, then I got to watch her, and then I'm going to put together a book or possibly a private YouTube video that she has access to so she can watch just in case I happen to be, I don't know, out of town doing property management or, you know, inspections and she needs to hook it up. But one thing we did do 
when we were traveling more, we would have somebody come and host it for us. And we'd put together a manual for all, all of the, the animals. So we'd have a picture of each animal with a little write-up about each animal, tell them where their food needed to go, tell them where their water needed to go, and you know, tell them that one had dementia and if they disappeared to go look for them, and if the other one didn't, you know, that kind of thing. So it works. But yeah, that yeah, that was my wife's uh doing. But it it uh it, it's helpful that kind of stuff when you can do it. Go ahead, Hawk. All right. Well, as far as SOPs being written, I don't have them. I have the ways I do them. I do and would like to get them written down. Kind of like what Tim said, you know, especially like the generator, how to start it up or to hook it to the house or any, you know, those kind of things. Uh, and, and on the point of the YouTube videos, I actually had a guy that came over at our old place while we were on vacation, you know, and he was going to feed the animals and water them and check on my fish and the aquaponics and all that kind of stuff. So I did a YouTube video. Here's my daily chores. Here's what I do. And I literally just walked around with the camera and did it all. And I sent him a link to that. I said, hey, man, here's the link because it shows where all the food, you know, it showed where. And I got a YouTube video out of it. So it was a double bonus. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, plus when you do that kind of thing, you can start to think about, oh, well, yeah, I should have should have this over here or that over there. Kind of like you were saying with the tools where they're where they're used. You know, uh, that's one thing I've been working on here. You know, why would I store the, the extra two bags of chicken feed in the garage when the chicken coop's more than big enough to house it? You know, to me, that makes sense to leave things where they're going to be. I put those bags in there and then I just empty it to the feeder or, you know, I might get one of those big trash cans or whatever. But, uh, yeah, the and then, like I said, I, I'd like to write those down because that would be a little bit helpful for communication, too, with, you know, when my wife goes to help me with the chores or do something like that, she could have kind of seen she goes. Okay, well, this is how you do it every time. So there, I'm not just making it up as we, you know, as we go along, like she might think. Uh, you know, you got the solar systems and stuff like that. And there's a lot of times it might just be like, shut it off. You know, don't mess with it kind of thing. The other thing, uh, as far as SOPs and, you know, laying things out, I try to automate stuff. Uh, I'm big on the like Alexa switches and stuff like that. You know, my air compressor, I can walk in the garage and say, computer turn on the air compressor it turns it on it turns it off and then also on that same note if i leave and say i left the the heater the propane heater for the garage on that's on a smart switch click turn it off you know did something come on or not come on the day i can get on my phone i can check it uh plan on putting another camera in the garage so i can kind of check on things uh, i used to have a camera in my chicken coop you know you hear a noise oh something in the coop well hold on you know so to me, you know, it's not so much SOP, but as far as getting things done and checking on things and seeing how things work, you know, to me, automation is a big one. And also the ability to see it from anywhere. You know, if it's going to be hot and you got your chickens on an automated, you know, water like that, you know, that's hooked up like that, you can change it to, you know, more times a day or if it's going to freeze, turn it off where it's not going to, you know, freeze the line or something. Tim, Tim was mentioning that uh, the scheduling and the efficiency and it's just like hair comes up on the back of my my neck because being a service industry and uh, serve a remote service tech and dispatch to locations by someone else. 
my days could be so much shorter sometimes just by rerouting or weeks could be so much more efficient and it just drives me up the wall. So I, I really appreciate someone that takes a look at that and really whittles it down and makes uh, that much of an improvement because my days sometimes is just miserable because of lack of efficiency. I'll just throw in there too. Sometimes eventually I do get blind to things. So, you know, you get kind of cocky in your efficiency and you're like, well, I've got this as absolutely as efficient as I can. And then someone else will come along and they're like, did you ever think of this? No. And then, you know, like for instance, I went out east this winter, you know, before Christmas to visit my family and my wife, my sister-in-law and my brother-in-law took care of the snow for me. And they figured out a much more efficient way to do two people than I'd ever thought. You know, we always did. The two of us went to every property and, you know, one would do the sidewalks, one would do the driveway. Well, it turns out it's significantly faster for one person to be on foot and catch all of the different properties that are close by and another person driving around. Anyway, you just don't think of it. And sometimes you get someone else to hop in there and they're like, huh, did you think about this? And course i'd like to say oh yeah absolutely there's a reason i didn't you know but yeah so it helps to have outside input too even though we're mostly loners so consultants are good things wait when did that happen <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so uh cool no those were great um all right last question before we open up for a few minutes for uh for questions um so one thing that I am brutal about in, in our house is eliminating projects, um, preferably before they start. Uh, but sometimes I'll get halfway through a project and decide this does not need to be done. Like this seemed like it was a good idea at the time, uh, but we don't need to do it. Um, how do you how do you eliminate projects? You know, especially when you're just Sometimes you just randomly think of a project and be like, oh, that's a good idea. And you're so motivated to do it. And you just, you know, you're like, that's only going to take me a couple hours. And you get it done. And, and then you realize you never use that thing or you never actually do it or didn't accomplish what you want to be. So how do you eliminate projects um, so that you don't waste your time? So uh, I'll start with Tim. <laughs> By finishing the project, <laughs> I don't know. Like sometimes I, ah, uh, I, I, if I look back, you know, you can't. So you learn by doing the project, even if the project's a failure or the efficiency isn't there. For me, ninety-five percent of the fun is in the doing of the project. You know, like I'm just I'm thinking back to a hundred different things I've done over the years. Like I, I built a still one time to make um, fuel. And, you know, I did, I mean, I literally spent, I just remember spending hours contemplating how I was going to build it, what I was going to do, how I was going to twist the copper. Then I went to Home Depot and bought a bunch of the parts and I put it all together and I did a grand total of one batch of homemade fuel through the whole thing. And then it sat on a shelf and collected dust because for me, the fun is in the project and I learn a new skill, but sometimes there's projects that they come out and they're very, you know, um, they're very profitable for me and I keep doing them or I set them up so they'll keep running because most projects have a very short uh, shelf life with me. And so once I get to the end of it, I usually don't have to worry about it. But I have also, you know, I used to be the type of person that would turn on a movie and would absolutely have to finish it because I felt obligated to do it. Now, life's too short for that shit. Like I, 
you know, if I'm 10 minutes into a movie and I'm not feeling it, I turn it off. Or if I'm, you know, if I'm 20% into a project, even if I've spent a bunch of money on it, time's worth too much. I just throw it out or move on or sell it or whatever. Like we, I don't know. Once we hit 40, it seemed like that was something we did a lot of, but we'll try something in the house, you know, just, okay, well, uh, we're going to buy this to, we're going to put this here in the living room or whatever it happens to be. And when it doesn't work, we just sell it because whatever we get back from it is more than it's sitting there collecting dust. So, you know, for me, finish the project or cut your losses and move on that. I know they're both pat answers, but it's worked really well for us. Now, I guess I'll, I'll step in here. Uh, one of the big ones that comes to mind on this is uh, putting up fence. Uh, projects of building fence and things like that. I do a lot of things temporary. And, you know, I'll, I'll put something somewhere. Uh, you know, like I might do a half-ass fence, you know, with a T-post barely, or, you know, barely in the ground or with just some uh, bob wire on, what's that called? You know, the little pushing stakes for uh, your electric wire or something like that. Because I'm like, am I going to, do I want this here? How long, you know, is this going to work? You know, because some of those things that you build or might put up may or not work the way you think, but you won't ever necessarily know if you're going to use it or how it's going to work unless you, you do it. You know, so doing it uh, cheap maybe and then seeing if you're actually going to use it. Because uh, a lot of times that happens when I buy stuff to do like my um, hobbies with or whatever, like the little uh, foundry thing that I just got, you know, I didn't go out and buy the $500 one, you know, a big fancy one. Give me the cheap one if I'm going to use it. You're, you know, like with the steel, you know, I got the little uh, tabletop distiller, the one gallon thing. Well, you know, I use it quite a bit, but if I was going to be using it all the time, pumping out some fuel, then I'll, I'll get a big one and spend a little more money on it. So uh, to me, that's how I kind of eliminate a project before it gets started sometimes is by doing it cheap or where it's temporary and I can take the pieces up. It's one of the reasons that, you know, I love my nail gun, my DeWalt nail gun. It's awesome. But I still love screws because if I screw it up, I can take it apart. You know, so that's one of my big ones is, you know, having the ability to take it apart and you didn't lose your investment of the material, if that makes sense. So that that's definitely like how I kind of see what I what I do need and what I don't need to invest a lot of time into or energy or money is by doing temporary. Ron? Um, I think I do a lot of designing and a lot of, um, uh, theorizing on if things will work and, uh, a lot of research into things and they kind of weed themselves out the things that, uh, just don't make sense or are too intricate or involved for the time I have. Uh, I have notebooks and notebooks and notebooks. I don't have any right here. I threw a lot of them away actually when we downsized. Um, but, uh, of just research and, and project ideas and design sketches and <clears throat> the further it gets along, then it might get its own notebook or, uh, or a word document in my computer or something. And then I'll go into, um, time management. Am I going to have enough time to a do the project and then b add it into my schedule? If it was something that's like, uh, adding a new venture on the homestead or, uh, 
you know, something that's going to add time to my day, uh, that all gets factored in. And then I forget about it for a little while. And then I go back to it and read everything from the beginning and go over it, see if I missed anything. And I usually do. And then I start it. And then usually it works out. Usually I make it to the end enough, the good enough. Um, like I said, I don't really finish anything, but, uh, good enough and working proof of concept or I get halfway through, like you said, and I'll just cut it off. Like I'll just walk away from it. I'm like, this didn't work. Uh, I did my due diligence is, is my theory on that. So if I made a mistake somewhere along the line and it's not working, I made the mistake. It wasn't that I, I didn't do it right. Like I'm not, it's not that I'm not building it right. It's that I designed it wrong. So it's time to go back and, and maybe I start again. Maybe I don't. Um, I get interested in all sorts of shit. I'm always reading different stuff. And uh, yeah, if I tried to do everything I wanted to do, I would have to stay up all the time and I probably still wouldn't have enough time. So yeah, they just kind of weed themselves out um, through the design process and the, and the research and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. For me, it's, it's similar. Um, I will, I will design uh, stuff. I'll open up. Uh, sketch up and I've been doing blender lately uh, for the design stuff and just if I don't enjoy designing it I'm not going to enjoy building it so it's like is it really worth doing uh, and then the other thing is I will force myself to not do a project for like a month uh, unless it's time potentially time critical that way just like buying something if you just sit on it for a while sometimes you find out that you shouldn't have done it and so I uh like there's a couple of projects in the house, like we're amazing ideas for the time. And once we waited a little while, we realized that uh, while that was a cool idea, here's a better one for our actual needs. And uh, so th those are the two things that, that I come up with is just sit on it and uh, uh, try to design it out and see if, see if it works in the end. So anyway, cool. All right. So I guess time for questions. Um, so start Robin R. Can a person build a good set of basic build a good set of basic tools from garage sales? What kinds of things does a person need to look for and use tools when deciding what to buy or not to buy? I feel like you could do an entire five episode series on just this question. We'll throw this to Toolman Tim because this should be a uh, uh, just a quick, easy one for him. So yes, absolutely. And to be honest, especially hand tools, they're probably better. You know, anything that survived as long as it has to end up in a yard sale, there's a good chance that it's pretty darn good. You know, anything that's all metal for the most part, go for it because, you know, if it's something seized or rusty, you can refurb it. Um, if it has a replaceable wooden handle, just, you know, the old steel was so much better than the new steel, man, I could go on for, yeah, anyway, but you, yeah, yeah, yes, you know, look for old things that look well-worn, but are still in one piece, you know, um, garden tools the same way, you're, you're going to know when you look, but, you know, if there's still lots of meat left on the handles, like the ones I always see that I'm like, stay away from, are like the old leaf rakes with the old wooden handles, and they're, they're so dry rot that, you know, you can see cracks down them. Stay away from that kind of stuff. But, oh, my, yeah, hand tools. You know, one thing I might stay away from would be hand saws unless you're comfortable, um, you know, sharpening them yourself. But it, it's possible. But, I mean, hammers, screwdrivers, you can start. 
I mean, I when I first started my handyman business, everything I used just came out of my garage and I did not have much of a tool collection. I just built the toolbox based on what I had on hand. But yes, yeah, short answer, long answer. Yeah, you absolutely can. And maybe I'll do an entire video or how about a repairedness episode on that? Because uh, yeah, that's doable for sure. I try to hit estate sales more than garage sales though. That's uh, I used to do that for a little side hustle. I'd go to estate sales and and I had uh, Thursdays off, and they always started them on Thursdays here. So all the all the good guys got all the good stuff on Thursdays. So I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll get in line and everything. So I'd go through these estate sales and uh, buy stuff cheap and sell it for a little bit more. And uh, yeah, tools. You you get the right if you get the right estate sale. Um, those guys aren't looking at tools because the, the resale on them, like they're just going to take them to a pawn shop and they're not going to get jack shit for money for them. But if you're like looking for tools and you go to an estate sale of a, a guy that like worked on cars or whatever, you go into the garage and it's like, ah! and the people that, that price the estate sale also know that there isn't a big resale. So they don't like jack the price up. That's just, uh, yeah, get rid of it. And, uh, yeah, you can get some pretty good deals there. Yeah, totally. I picked up a uh, an air compressor for eight bucks at an estate sale. Um, all it needs is a, a rebuild kit, and that's like twenty five bucks. And I'm gonna have an, an extra air compressor now. And it's like, how did no one buy this for four days? Like, this is an amazing buy. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, and you really only need a couple of cheap tools to get started with, because then you find out what you don't need and what you do need, and uh, you build up from there. The other thing about estate sales is it's usually not stuff people are getting rid of. Like you go to a garage sale, people, you have a garage sale because you're getting rid of your shit. Usually it's not the stuff you're using every day. Um, estate sales are usually because there ain't anybody left to use it. So um, it was in use. Nor well, I shouldn't say all of it. Like we all have grandpa's garage that hasn't been touched in like 40 years. Um, but yeah, usually a lot of the stuff you find is still in use. Keep an eye out on the side of the road too. I have had, I'm I'm not kidding. The amount of tools that I find while I'm driving on the highway is unreal. Like entire wrench sets. I found uh, a smart automotive charger on the side of the road. My kids hate it because they'll be like, oh, I'll see something or gas jugs. You know, just keep an eye. It doesn't mean you always stop, but man, I found some good stuff on the side of the road over the years. All right. Uh, do do uh, Ken's question. How much time do you devote to scheduling each week slash day? Uh, for me, it's an it depends. Um, sometimes I'll I'll spend a few minutes every single day, uh, and then uh, but I will also generally do a uh, probably like a couple hour to half day planning a couple times a year of uh, uh, well probably actually more than that now that I think about it. Uh, but it's just like getting all of my ideas out, out of my head and onto paper and then putting rough estimates on it and then, um, eliminating the stuff that's just going to be ridiculous. Um, and so, uh, but I, I plan fairly regularly, uh, just part of my, part of my job. So it's kind of built in. Uh, and so it's, so I, uh, anyway, it's me on that one. Most of my, like, 
my days get really routine. That's kind of another thing with me is um, it's really hard with this job I have now because I don't know. I know when I'm going to start. Uh, I never know when I'm going to get home. And that really kind of irritates me. I'm more of a everything has its time. It doesn't have to be the same time every day, but it's, there's got to be some sort of pattern um, for me to be effective. Um, I, I've dealt with it for four years. Uh, it's something I've I've worked on and improved at. But uh, I, if I could have the same exact schedule every day, all day, every day, from the time I woke up till the time I went to bed, I'd probably be super happy and super productive. But uh, yeah, I do minor adjustments. And so my scheduling is just a matter of what what is plugging in to this time slot on this day. Like I have these chunks, like, you know, get up, do podcasts, go to work. And then when I get home, there's X there's like four or five hour blocks that just kind of they slide in and interchangeably. So it's just a matter of plugging that in. So it's constantly doing constantly. I wouldn't even really consider it time spent doing it because it's just part of everything that's going on in my head all the time. And sometimes it just blurts out on the whiteboard or in the phone or on a notepad somewhere. So, um, yeah, I got like 16 different things going on in my head all the time. So, Yeah, mine's easy. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I'm terrible at scheduling or uh, anything like that. So I'm kind of just I wake up and then uh, my wife reminds me of the important things that are supposed to happen that day. And then I try to squeeze in anything I can squeeze in. Like I said, when the kids are napping or something like that, if it's a pretty day, send them outside. Throw the kid in the, you know, pack and play out in the garage and do something. So, yeah, I, I like I said, I, I don't worry about the scheduling. Now, when I go back to work, because I've been off for the sh shoulder still, you know, it, I'll have that additional. So that limits my time even more. So then I kind of got to be a little bit pickier of when I can do certain things. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't have now. I'm sure Tim, he probably schedules everything because he's got a he's a solopreneur, entrepreneur. Uh, you know, yes, no, both. Um, in the winter, no. I mean, my like I said, I have to be around to do snow. I have to be around to do property management. So I just kind of have to be available. So then I poke everything else in. In the summertime, I'm, I have to be a little more rigid because, you know, for the most part, lawns have to be mowed once a week. And then you get a lot of, I get a lot of odd jobs in the summertime. And if I don't schedule, I get in trouble because then all of a sudden I let it slide, didn't do it because something else seemed more important. And then people are calling me and like, hey, how come you haven't got here yet? That kind of stuff, because it can happen. So in the summer, I'm a little more intentional, but just about every morning, uh, you know, for a bit, I kind of fell off the wagon, but I will plot in the different things in my book. And then that gives me something to look back on. And then uh, every year I do that uh, in, you know, usually around the 1st of December, I start thinking about my goals for next year. And that's gotten a lot more extensive. You know, at first it was just three or four things I put down. And now it's, you know, a fairly lengthy list of breakdown of different ideas. And that gives me, again, a roadmap for the entire year. So whenever I think I have some downtime, which seems to be slimmer most of the time lately, I'll just go to that and I'll be like, okay, what can I do to move that goal forward a little bit further? Don't do it all the time, but that's what's been effective for me for sure. But you have uh, 
you have that crazy content creating schedule that you kind of throw out for a month at a time, don't you? Because that was impressive. I, w- I saw that when you posted it. I was like, holy crap, I got to do something like that. Yes. And I've been doing it except for the last month. I got a little slack on it. So, you know, I it's funny how that works. Right. But yes, it works great. And it keeps my head above water because it's basically a, a blank you know, it's a template that has each day of the week. And then I I try to pick my topics and pick my podcast episodes, pick my um, community member spotlight of the month, you know, all of those different things. And then I try to get them all done ahead of time, uh, or at least I know what's there. And then I, it helps so that I don't, I'm not running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Like I have been for like the last three weeks, simply because I didn't plan ahead of time. Right. So it's like when you fall off a diet and you feel like shit, you know, you're like, oh, I feel so much better when I'm eating better. Right. And I feel so much better when I'm planning better. And yeah, so it, it, it is what it is. And none of us are perfect. And that's what's kind of funny about it is you get something together and I teach people how to do it. And then I'm like, oh, this is working really good. And then you get slack in it for just a little while. And then you go back to it, you know, because you're like, that's the best way for me. And yes, that content grid works exceptionally well and i keep a little stack of them in the garage because it's kind of like it's that one thing you can look back you're like look what i did that month you know and it's there and yeah it's just something to to look back on and enjoy i feel personally attacked by that uh getting off your diet comment because i've been been i've been it's been rough on me last month and i just can't quite seem to get back on keto like this week is like i accidentally literally accidentally ate an entire box of cookies yesterday so like it was just like oh here's one and then you just you just absentmindedly do it as you're walking by and then by the time you realize oh crap you know and yeah so i had a whole box of girl scout cookies the other night i was like i looked at Corey. i said this wasn't a resealable container so i had to finish it (laughs) like i'm like just sitting there like you said i had one and i'm like oh man that's pretty good e e e e and then boom just all gone yeah exactly uh all right cool so i think i think we're pretty much uh at the end of time do a i got one question real quick uh it's it's a fun question i just want to know because all you guys are big diy guys too do you lay in bed at night and design things in your head and not be able to go to bed while you're laying there. Is that every time I got a project coming up, I'll sit there and I'll lay for 30 minutes and I'm just like, well, I could put this board here, this board here, do this, do this. Is it just me or does everyone else do that too? I absolutely obsess over things. Like I, when okay. I, there's something wrong with me. I know there is like, as far as that goes, I know Brian and I have talked about it before too. And I think he's a bit like that, but when I, when, when there's a project, that's it that takes up all my focus. And there was something Mm -hmm. in my notes earlier about that, where I just, I get lost in it and to the detriment of other things sometimes, because I'm just so mentally excited to learn about it or do it, that that's just my focus until I get it done. And it's the, it's an itch I have to scratch. I don't know. So yeah, Hawkins, I don't know if it's, you know, the male side of, of, you know, the human race, or if it's just a certain mindset of people, but yeah, it's there. And yeah, definitely. Well, you, um, you know, the meme where it's got the, like the girlfriend sitting there, like looking at the guy going, I bet oh, you're yeah. thinking of another woman. I'm over there like, 
And I, you know, and I just want to be like, I'm thinking of how to design the deck or how to build this wall or how to do the aquaponic system, the pump running here and there, mm-hmm. you know? So I just want yeah. to make sure everyone else was on the same page with that. And it wasn't just me and anyone else that watches this knows they're not, they're not a norm. They're normal. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> I, I suffer from that affliction as well. I mean, I was showing the keyboard that I've been working on. Like I literally the last yeah. few nights have stayed awake for half an hour literally thinking about all the different ways to solder on circuits onto onto a board like like which one is the best which is the optimum you know and then you know when i want to build a trailer this year and so that's my fallback is planning the trailer of like all the little bitty features i might want to add to it and yeah all the freaking time is when i plan stuff i average like 60 to 90 minutes in bed before i start to fall asleep and it's just my mind going in in 400 directions about all the different things I'm thinking about. And I really have started actually trying to do breathing exercises to, to go to sleep because otherwise it just for just for hour, hour, 90 minutes. I mean, I've tried like, uh, what is the melatonin and different stuff like that. And it just, it won't slow down. And, uh, yeah, so breathing exercises have started to help. So that's, that's kind of fun. For me, I think that's three quarters of the reason that I am listening to podcasts or audiobooks 24-7 is just, you know, it it engages a portion of the brain, but it turns that other portion off. Like even when I'm going to bed, it's like, oh, I'll watch YouTube videos on whatever I happen to be wanting to learn about because it, it seems to occupy the portion of the brain that allows me to not buzz around all that other stuff for a while, you know? And also when I'm, when I'm, you know, in that kind of creative mode, about the first hour that whatever I'm listening to, whether it's an audiobook or a podcast, that's when I get all my ideas and I got to have my phone around me or my paper. So like if I'm, you know, for instance, when I'm doing my property management, so it's about a five hour route, that first hour I'm driving and I'm like, oh, okay, let's just, you know, not, you know, type because I get ideas, you know, five, six, seven, whatever great ideas in that first hour. And then after that, that portion of the brain shuts off. And it's kind of maintenance mode. I'm still listening, but I'm not really creating or, or I don't know, there's something weird about it, but it helps. I get it out and then I can kind of veg mentally, still listen, still learn, but it helps shut off whatever portion of that brain is, you know, hamsters in a wheel. Yeah, that's when I get a lot of my reading done um, is, is right before bed. I, I kind of like, I like to read um, to keep, get that going. And, and then as, as soon as I start to feel tired, like I immediately lay down my phone and try to go to sleep. And most of the time it's like I trick myself into going to sleep because if I lay there too long uh, and if I read past the point of being tired, I'm screwed. Uh, Cause then I'm just either thinking about the book or planning something or, you know, the worst of it is when you just start thinking random thoughts and your brain's all over the place. And so now you're wondering how fast a coyote runs down the street as the truck is approaching from the other direction. And will the coyote, you know, literally had that thought before. And it's like, why are you thinking about this? <laughs> so anyway, uh, go ahead, Tim. I was just going to say, when I discovered audiobooks, that changed everything because I get bored. Like, And I've been a reader my entire life, like paper books, you know, until, mm-hmm. I don't know, probably... 10, 12 years ago, that was the only way I kind of consumed most everything was 
through the written word. And I, I got to the point where I realized I didn't download nearly as much. And when I started switching over to audio, it all just goes in, you know, I can, I, I the recall that comes with audio for me is a hundred times better than, than, you know, yeah, yeah. I, it's crazy. So I can't sit down and read a book anymore because it drives me crazy. I've ruined books for me because audio just, you know, you got to find the way it works. Right. But yeah. Well, I, I do audiobooks and podcasts as well. If I'm outside and if I'm doing work and it's not work, work where I need to concentrate, uh, then I'm listening to a podcast or an audiobook. Uh, I rarely listen to music. Um, that's why in the mornings when I do chores, I have to make myself not listen to anything. So I have that just quiet time to just reflect and uh, kind of let my brain do nothing for a while. And just listen to nature, listen, listen to the animals, like, because uh, your brain needs that downtime. Uh, but as soon as I go, I go in the house, like I'm ready. You know, it's like, what's what's the first podcast for today? <laughs> so, I always take a time to sit and just look at nature because I get to drive around the whole state of Minnesota all the time, every day, and I'll just stop on the side of the road and don't tell my boss because I'm still on the clock, but. Yeah, just kind of observe something of some sort, whether it's a lake or a field or some woods or, you know, weird shit. Like uh, there's this one field that the deer always get hit and they run up in the field and we have bald eagles like crazy around here. And I was driving by this field and there were like literally 30 bald eagles out in this field because there was like a bunch of deer had been hit in a few days. So they were all out there and there was just like. 30 bald eagles all on this field. I just stopped on the side of the road and I sat there and watched for like five minutes. And that's when my brain slows down. It's, it's really weird. So it's just enjoying that hunting. Like when I would go hunting and sitting in a deer stand, I would actually stop thinking. So got to do more of that be in nature, I guess. Yeah. All right. You have any Hawkins? All right, cool. Well, I was going to ask a last question, but since we're well over time, let's just call it a call it an evening and uh, join us uh, for our next week's episode on next Tuesday. Just have a have a good one, everybody. Y'all want to say where to find information? Who you are? Uh, I'm Buddy at Buddy.net. So take it away, Tim. Toolman Tim. Uh, Toolmantim.co is probably the easiest. Uh, every Thursday and Sunday evening. Seven o'clock mountain time. I got preparedness, the art of home maintenance when help isn't around the corner on Thursdays and usually an interview show on Sunday evenings. Interesting entrepreneurs, preparedness people and everything in between. Go ahead, Hawkins. Hawkins with uh, Chicken Hawk Farmstead. Uh, that's my YouTube uh, DIY projects, um, farming, homesteading stuff, all that kind of stuff. Throw it on there. So you can check me out there in Odyssey. And what is it? Kind of on Facebook is Hawkins J and what's the other one? Miwi. Yeah, I'm there too, some. And I'm Brian with the Lots Project. Uh, you can find me at thelotsproject.com. Uh, I got new website up for uh, consulting and management services tab on the page. Um, I have a podcast. Uh, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, usually about 20 to 30 minutes live 
Uh, you can find that on uh, YouTube, Float, and Odyssey. And then Saturday mornings at 11, I also do a live uh, interview, usually about hour, hour and a half. Um, this week coming up, I got a really cool couple of guests, uh, Stanley and Nicole. They're from out in Oregon. Met them out at Squatch Fest doing some really cool stuff on us urban homestead. And uh, yeah, it should be a really good interview. So check it out. And uh, yeah. That's about it. Thelostproject.com and all over. All right. To one final thing. Uh, beat me to it, Ken. <laughs> I was going to leave it out as a teaser for next week. It is going to be uh, stop talking about it and just do it. So uh, join us next week and we will catch you all later. Have a good evening, y'all.